0: Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. I got my little girl, Parker, here. Help me do the intro. And we want to let you know about coffee that supports the podcast. We have two blends, Summit View and Weekend Getaway. We put a lot of time and effort into it. It's great coffee. We're biased, we know, but we love it. And it's specialty coffee. It goes down to even supporting the farmers to do this full-time versus having to get part-time jobs in the off-season, all that good stuff. But... If you want to support the podcast and have a tasty cup of coffee on a cool crisp morning or a summer morning or afternoon or evening or anytime, head over to 95adventures.com or hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and we will get that to your doorstep ASAP. And thank you so much for supporting the podcast. We also want to give a shout out to good people doing good things. Fruits of the Boots on Instagram is doing a cold weather clothing and supply giveaway in San Antonio, Texas. They're going to rollerblade around the town and give away things. All you got to do is show up to participate and they'll have care packages already ready. It's really cool. It's a great idea. I love what he's doing. So head over to his Instagram page, Fruits of the Boots on Instagram to learn more information. It is short notice for this. It'll be Wednesday, 30 2020 is when they do this. The information is over there, but he's going to be doing more. I'll be able to give you more heads up Uh, on different things that he's doing to help out the community but just wanted to give him a shout out and support that's fruits of the boots on instagram go check him out okay let's get into this episode with one of my favorite australians because of him i met more australians he is the winner of the arctic 6633 and if you haven't followed the rogue scholar on instagram you need to for inspiration for quotes for just all around stuff that'll make you inspired to go do better things and be better and life lessons. All that good stuff. He's a public speaker. He's an ultra athlete. He's a mountain climber, expeditioner, just everything. He's a a, a dad. He does all of it. And I love every time talking to him because I feel like I gain so much knowledge. Please welcome my friend, Paul Watkins. <laughs> All right, you can drink as much coffee as you want. Yeah, I generally do. <laughs> that's a good that's a good thing. I believe I can read and cherry pick any of the studies that I want that tell me that I can drink as much coffee as I like.
1: Um, the test science works.
0: <laughs> that's yeah, what we do. <laughs>
1: that's how we <I> do. Oh, <laughs> just
0: yes. cherry pick just look at the just look at the studies that we believe in and and that's where we're going with.
1: Well, they're the right ones, obviously.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so let's go ahead. I want to start it off um, with your post during... You were just saying you had some of the strictest quarantines, but your post of reading the little passages from the books and stuff like that were super inspirational like your tone you're hilarious for one like it just brought a little smile to my face every morning when I get up and I, I realize like oh that's awesome I hope he doesn't stop these then it ended and I was like just like a great tv
1: show he ends it at its at its peak <laughs> I, ended it I really enjoyed it like it was fun but like it's not the case of like a lot of social medias where you're like you know you've got to post every day at this time and have this lighting and do that it's just like I would post it because I'd read something or came across something that I really liked and thought "Yeah, i are going to share that. That's really good. And then when you kind of, I ran out of stuff for a while. I'm like, I don't want to just post stuff because you've got to post every day. It's like, if I've got something valuable to say, I'll say it. And if I don't, I'll shut up. Um, so I kind of hit that point where I just got really busy with a bunch of other stuff and I wasn't getting as much time to like, you know, read and listen to podcasts and expose myself to a lot of other bits and pieces which is where i get my inspiration from so all of a sudden I'm like okay well, I'm a little dry on the ideas i'm just going to stop and take a break for a while i'd hoped it would only be a couple of weeks turned out to be like a month or two months uh, but now that i've got a bit more time i'm now getting back into listening to some different podcasts i'm back into reading a lot more stuff and now the ideas are starting to flow again so i'm coming back it'll come back i promise uh, <laughs> because i do i enjoyed it and and it's funny you it, you put it out there and like I'd hear from you and a couple of other people and you know my mum would like it and stuff like that and you heard nothing else and then I missed a couple of days and I got a ton of messages people going bro where have you gone what are you doing I was waiting for it and you're like oh okay people were listening and enjoying it so you kind of forget that it is actually getting some traction and people are finding some value in it so it'll be good it's coming back it'll be good to get back into kind of the swing of things again
0: well in a place like, over there, like you said, you're in Victoria, right? So yeah. it, it, in a place like that, where the lockdowns are like more heavy and strict and people are on edge because to have your business just be closed involuntarily it, mm-hmm. in your lifeline, whether it's your job or your business, it's it's a stressor like no other. And so okay. did those sort of things, did you hear from people like over there that that are in that situation saying, hey, this is really nice to hear every single morning?
1: Yeah, I think it just gave people, it helped get some perspective on different things. Like sometimes it just, and and like I said to you earlier, like I don't have a lot to complain about. We're in Victoria, but we're in a regional part of Victoria. So Melbourne's like the, the capital city here of the state, you know, you've got three plus million people there, uh, but we're three hours out of that. So whilst Melbourne Metro was in a really hard lockdown, we got the second wave come through, we were in a slightly lower level of lockdown. So we didn't really have a lot to complain about, Um but I think for people stuck in there, it was really, I felt it was valuable to give people some things that just changed their perspective a little or let them have a little bit of mental escapism or just something that took them out of their own world. Cause it's really easy to just get locked down in your own four walls and like everything's coming in. So if I could give them something that for a couple of minutes a day, like I tried to keep it to like 90 seconds, just, you can do 90 seconds of just, Hey, that'll give me something to think about today or, Change my perspective on something just just to kind of stretch the mental landscape a little bit because for a lot of people, as you said, like when your, your business is shut and you got nothing to do and that's your livelihood, like there's some tough times. That's that, that was hard. I mean, I look at it now and go, I'm I'm glad that. there seemed to be some value we didn't do it have a lockdown come out and go hey we're still exactly where we were before It's like we did the hard yards we had the lockdown and like we haven't had a case for like 50 days like it's been fantastic like you know things getting back to normal people do whatever they want pretty much go wherever they want like masks it'd be like you know some businesses require them but generally you don't have to worry about it so at least I feel like there was some value. The pain was worth it to get us to the point where we feel like, hey, we're in a good position now or a better position than what we were. Um, but yeah, she's it's been interesting. It's been interesting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I imagine. I mean, for people who didn't have all the land and stuff like that, could, could people go outside? Like, can they go outside yeah. and like run around and stuff?
1: Yeah, they were limited. Like when it was like the, I think something of they call stage four lockdown for us here was a case of going, you had an hour a day of exercise and you could go outside. You had to be within like five kilometres of your home. Um, but socially, like there was basically nil. There was your house and that was it. And, you know, you could go out and get your groceries, do your essential business, that kind of stuff. But otherwise it was just, do stay home. Um, just chill out and we're going to get through this. We, the original plan was six weeks. I think it ended up being like 10 or 12 weeks. So for, for people who didn't have a large social network, like, you know, if you didn't have family, if you're living on your own, that kind of stuff, it would have been really rough. Um, if you didn't have that space, if you're in an apartment building or something like that, yeah, you can get out and do your hour of whatever um, and do your groceries. And that was about it. So, I mean, I said to you, we're, we're outside of that. We've got some land. So it was kind of a different experience for us, but we're not the majority. So I kind of had to keep that in mind. And so like,
0: and I imagine you're also not the majority when it comes to like what you've done too. Like Mm. the Arctic six six three three, you're by yourself for a long period of time. You know? You're all by yourself, like really all by yourself. You don't have any contact with anybody.
1: No, it's really weird. Like if you in my business days, like doing training and courses and all that, you do like, you know, psychological evaluations and stuff and all those Myers-Briggs and that kind of stuff. And based on that, I'm an, I'm an extrovert and, you know, but I, I'm very comfortable as an introverted person. Like I get energy from extroverted activities. But I'm generally most comfortable when I'm introverted. I'm quite happy on my own. It doesn't worry me. You know, my physical training is generally on my own. And a lot of my athletic endeavors are on my own. And I quite enjoy that. So it doesn't trouble me. So, you know, I I got a giggle out of that meme that introverts are going like 2020. This is not the best year ever. Like I don't have to talk to anyone and I don't have to go anywhere. You know, I can just hide. (laughs) So... But uh, yeah, I guess, you know, for some people, their, their mindset and their, their social structure was going to be a little bit more resilient to surviving this year than others. And that's not a criticism. That's just some people happen to be lucky and they're going, hey, I, I'm kind of okay in this environment with others weren't, and that was just, I think it was just luck of the draw. Yeah, I mean, well.
0: I mean, I'm kind of the, as, the same as you. I'm perfect. I love being around people, talking to people. I have this podcast, obviously. I love talking to people. Um, but at the same time, I am I almost find the intrigue in getting lost, like, in certain things and being by myself and not having anybody around and being in my own head. Like, that's that's also equally as fun. Like, I can be okay in either situation. Like it, yeah I definitely want to come back to seeing people though like I want to come back to seeing people and talking to people, but I'm okay, I don't panic or it doesn't affect me the same way as it does other people but um i'm I think this year's been like a mind open for i I said it a lot is that it's it's kind of like a um it's an eye opener towards a lot of things, like what we just yeah. talked about here with being comfortable in alone spaces, like by yourself and understand, like, because that's tough. I mean, social, we're social beings. So we need to yeah. be around people. Yeah. Um, but then also the health and fitness part of it has been like a crazy eye opener, especially mm-hmm. the way this thing attacks people who are out of shape. Like it, I mean, it's, it's not that it doesn't affect people in shape, but you have a far greater chance of it being like minor, you know, when you're yeah. in shape.
1: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think this has been, I don't know if this is the right term. It's been a bit of a gut check for a lot of people to go, you know, for some people, the idea of being alone in your own head is horrifying. And yet I think there's a lot of value in spending some time and getting comfortable just up here, you know, with your own crazy roommate, you know, you've got to get some time and get some control and be comfortable (laughs) with that. And that is a really powerful tool to have, to be able to go, if you have to sit down for 10 minutes and not say anything and be totally alone, can you do that? Um, and for a lot of people, that's just completely, I cannot do that. Like, they just can't wrap their brain around it, yet it's a, it's a skill. Um, and for other people to go, you know, and I've, I've talked about this in in blogs and, you know, ad nauseum all the time before. Like, if you don't treat yourself well in terms of your mental and physical health, sooner or later, there, there comes a bill to pay. And it, it's generally not at a time of your choosing. You don't get to negotiate it. You don't get to kind of afterpay it, like, or whatever, kind of, you know, lay by it. It's like, no. Nah, due now um and and that turned out to be a big problem uh and 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 hopefully uh, you know a bit of a, a, a an amber light for people to go dude i need to get some things sorted out because next year might be cruisy or it might not or it might be worse we don't know so you know you, you got the warning how about we, we we start tackling a few things
0: that's my that's my favorite thing to see it like it, when people post I can't wait for 2021. I was like, what does that number do? Like that day doesn't mean anything, does it?
1: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't actually, I was, I was going to repost a blog I wrote kind of this time last year to go like January one, like new year's day, like there's like a million different calendars in the world, depending on what religion and country you're in. And they all have a different new year's day. It's just a date. Like all these people going, Oh, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. Dude, the world doesn't care that it's January 1. Like, you know, COVID doesn't care. Your bills don't care. Your health doesn't care. You know, if you were unhealthy that yesterday, you're still unhealthy now. And if you got bills to pay yesterday, you're still going to pay them now. And if you're dealing with stuff yesterday, you're still dealing with it now. So skip the whole, we're going to wait till New Year's and I'm going to have a resolution and do it. No, dude, just get on with what's got to get done because it's not going to change because the calendar flips over a page. It's, it's going to change because you change it. And that's that's the only way that's going to happen.
0: I, I mean, that's, it's absolutely, like, I think the same exact way. And probably one of the things that opened my eyes the most was, and it's my favorite book, is uh, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Mm. That book, like, if you look at every situation, like, I know nothing compares to what he was in. But if you put yeah. yourself in that mindset of, you know, what can I do to make my situation better in every single situation? Like, what am I doing that causes myself more pain or grief or whatever? Um, It makes things a lot. You see things in a different perspective. And it also keeps you looking for ways to improve your situation all the time. Like, what can I do? What can I do? Like, and it makes you happier. Like it makes you comfortable in Mm. uncomfortable situations.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important for people because like, you and I talk about this a lot and there's plenty of people who talk about you know, doing those, those hard things and all that kind of stuff. But it's important for people to remember that it is hard, like it's not easy. So if you, if you say, oh, I'm going to really focus on things that are roadblocks for me mentally or emotionally or physically or whatever and you struggle with it, it just makes you normal. That's okay. Like it's okay to go, this is really damn hard to figure out, you know, why I'm unhappy or, or why I'm not progressing here or whatever. And you might have to come up with some hard truths about, Hey, turns out I'm not progressing because I'm actually shit at that. And maybe I should stop doing it and do something else or whatever it is. So I think it's, and I have the same thing. Like, it's not like, Oh, I'm, I'm an internet guru, and it's it's perfect for me. It's like no, it's it's hard work for everybody, and it's always hard work, and you've got to do it. But it allows you to to move forward. So I think that's important for people to go. Yeah, here's what you should do, but it's going to be hard, and that's okay. That just makes it normal. You just got to keep kicking. That's all right, you know.
0: Yeah, and explaining it. You can explain that it's normal all day long and they'll still look at it from the outside and be like, "It's not." and fitness is the same way or anything that you do. People look at it like, I can't be as good as that so I might as well not even start. Like, I can't go into the gym and be a bodybuilder so I might as well not get on the machine. Or accountability is a weird thing with people. They don't want to ever look at themselves like, no, I'm I'm in this shape because I did it to myself and I've got to get myself out of it. Yep.
1: Yeah, and it can be liberating too if you kind of accept that all of a sudden you're like, I don't have to spend all that mental energy on excuses or blaming people or feeling sorry or whatever it is. It's just like, you can actually offload all of that and just go, this is me and I'm currently in this position and I don't like it. Okay. What are we going to do? (laughs) Like who cares? Why? Oh, I did this. and I've ate that and I've never done what who cares. doesn't matter. Where are you now? I'm here. Okay. Where do you want to go? I want to go over there. Okay. Well let's just start moving forward and do some of that stuff and just Put some of that baggage over here. You're going to have to deal with some of it as we move forward. But just release a lot of that mental anguish and energy and emotional time you spend just just banging around the excuses and just go, I just want to move forward. Okay, well, let's do that, you know? So I think, yeah, that baggage can weigh you down.
0: Yeah. I mean, one thing, this is totally random. It just hits my head right now. Is like when we went to that... Uh, that Manitou Springs, like talk about a account- uh, uh, accountability there in Colorado. We did the incline, the Manitou incline that yeah. <laughs> the post that I tagged you in, yeah, saw that, man, we man, hiked man. up that my wife hiked it with the baby on her sure. chest the whole way. I had the diaper bag, but uh, we started, it was real cold and we started with jackets and then like those just came off like we're yeah. sweating, just walking. And the yeah. whole time I'm walking up, I thought, man, this whole time I thought, you know, I could probably finish one of those races that Paul did. I don't think that I could win, but I could probably finish it. And then like halfway up, halfway up, my wife goes, this thing's not even a mile long. And I was like, that that's not a mile? No, it's like nine tenths of a mile. It's like, whoa, there's yeah, no way. wow that's like incredible like it's it 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 really was like an eye-opener to me like dude i can see where i'm lacking in like i i mean i was getting a little cocky thinking that i was in shape and then i see that and i go that's why he does all those thousands and thousands of box steps with a weight vest on
1: (laughs) all the time look it's really interesting you say that like um some of the best advice we've got climbing big mountains um, one of the guides one year, he said, look, if you're a base camp and you look at the summit and you go, oh, my God, there is no way I get to the top of that thing. It's enormous. Like, how am I going to do that? I can't do that. He said, you're done. You won't do it. I guarantee it. But he said, if you just go, my only job is to get to the next break or then to, you know, next camp or finish the day or whatever it is. And typically on a big mountain, we would, you know, climb for an hour, five minute break, climb for an hour, five minute break. And he would say, just do the hour. That's all you have to do. And he said, all the mountain will take care of itself. And now I've listened to that advice and I've ignored that advice. And the time I ignored it, I failed. I turned around just the wheels fell off and I went to hell in a handbasket. And the time I listened to it on the same mountain, I summited. So it's like, it works. Like test and measure, it works. It's just a case of, don't look at the summit and go, I can't get up. there. I can't do that. Okay, what can you do? Can you do an hour? Yeah, I can do an hour and just do the hour. And then we'll just do another hour and all the stuff will take care of itself. So it's like, it really is, you know, the adage of, you know, break it down into parts and all that kind of stuff. It's just true. Just chop it down into a bit. You can deal with and then deal with that. And then we'll just go from there.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you still have, do you still have the summit in mind when you're thinking of that you're just going, I just want to make it to here, rest a little bit. And then when I'm ready go again, and go again. Like I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, th- I'm putting it in place of like goals and cause it's kind of an everyday metaphor really. Like when you're, when you're climbing that mountain, it really yeah. like what you just said is kind of an everyday thing. You don't just start and then all of a sudden have a six pack or whatever it is. I mean, you, you know, we, yeah, no. <laughs> you know, like it, it takes a long time and a lot of reps to get there. And you took a lot of reps in the other direction to get where you are. You know, it takes a lot of reps in the other way to, to change it. And so setting those little goals is important. I have a really bad problem of I, like, I want to be good now. And if I have any sort of success, I'm like, yeah, you know, like, I'm like, yeah. okay, I should be even better, you know? And then yeah. Yeah. I fall down. I'm like, oh, that's humbling. That's that humble yep. thing. That's like, yeah, taking me the same. <laughs> Not that good yet. You need to recognize that, and you know. Then I switch gears and keep going. So it's a really difficult thing for me to like set little bitty goals as I go along because I want to see it now.
1: Yeah, I think it's a, it's kind of a uh, where it's a good thing to have in your toolkit. So yes, you have the big goal in mind. I want to get to the summit. I want to finish the race. I want a promotion. Earn this. Do that. Whatever it is but have that ability to break it into parts is really crucial when the wheels fall off and it all goes to hell in a handbasket. So the times that I've found that skill of going, dude, just, we're just going to survive this bit is when it's really, the wheels have really fallen off. Um, Like in, in the 6633, there was a section um, second last night, like it was so cold and so like, I was so exhausted. I just went, okay, watch, I'm going to set it for 15 minutes and my, my sole goal is to stay upright and walking and move for 15 minutes and not just completely fall apart. And I just literally broke the whole night into 15-minute and I didn't care about anything beyond that 15-minute block because things were really hard. And then, you know, you get the next morning, the sun comes up and, okay, we can extend a little longer now and, and kind of move forward and see the big picture again. So I think sometimes it's good to go have the big goal and the dream. That's cool. But it's important to have that skill and the toolkit to go, at some point the wheels are going to fall off for a little while and things are going to be a bit wobbly be comfortable to go back into the little chip, 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 chip. Okay. Bigger steps. And, and away we go again. You got through the, the mark. Now we can kind of move forward again. So you've got to be happy to do both.
0: And then recognizing when the wheels fall off as well, like you mm-hmm. recognize like, okay, this is part of the suck. Like this is it. Yeah. I'm prepared yeah. for this. Like you, I mean, I, I use visualization a lot. I like, like, obviously it doesn't always work because I visualize myself finishing one of your races or climbing one of your mountains, you know, but, um, like visualization and putting myself in that position, like recognizing when things are going to go bad, like if they go bad, what it feels like, and then just say, okay, you're not dying. You're good. Yeah. Just keep pushing forward. It'll be over soon enough.
1: Yeah. There's a big difference in visualizing, And this is where it can go right and go wrong. I think it's very dangerous to visualise the task being easy and you being a superhero and it all happening versus visualising the reality of how hard it will be and you overcoming that hardship. That's really different. And I always try and focus on the I want to visualise myself triumphing over the hardship. Like it's really hard and I am struggling, but I get it done versus it was really hard and I'm a superhero and I just waltz through it. Because then when you don't and it's really hard and you're like, I thought it I'd be you know amazing and I'm not, that's when it gets, you know, gets mentally a bit wobbly versus going, I knew it would be hard and I knew I would hate it and hate myself for being here. That's okay. We're mentally prepared for this. We've seen this movie and now we overcome and we move forward. So visualization is great, but I think you've kind of be got to be proactive and sensible about what you're visualizing and how you see it playing out. I think the, val- the value of you, like you've experienced that though, you
0: know, that feeling of visualizing the great and then it falling, all falling apart. I think yeah. that is what sets you apart from just being able to like people, when people hire you to speak, it sets you apart a little bit from some of these people who will a lot actually haven't really gone through any failure or struggle like that. That, yeah. that feeling is, is deflating like it's crazy and and on your on your like on your level like where you were at i should say in that race it's even more so because like you've trained all year you get one shot and here's this race and then you don't make it, it blows up
1: <laughs> yeah and that's yeah but the- It's like my favorite thing is like you get on Instagram and you find the 25 year old life coach and you're like, Oh, come on, man. I don't don't think you're doing that. You know, I don't think you're qualified. Um, But it's that thing of going, you have to take the hits. Like you have to have the failures to be genuine, to come out and go, here's my thoughts on it. And and here's my experience. And, And you're right. I think people who have taken the hits, like they put themselves out there and it just didn't work, have greater authenticity. Like I've, been very successful in business and I've had epic fails in business. You know, I've made a lot of money and I've lost a lot of money. It's like, and that gives you a perspective to come back and go, okay, I can be realistic about this, rather than, you know, getting out there and going, I did it and you can too. And here are the five steps. It's like, no, that's that's not how it works. There's no one size fits all five step guru plan to success if there was the first guy that figured it out would do all the speeches and the rest of us would stay home it's like there's no one size fits all but you've got to go out take a few hits fail a few times that makes you normal come out and then share your experiences and people can go oh okay i'm going to go out and try something i want to do i'm going to fall flat on my face that's okay and i are going to get up and keep going or change path or whatever it just allows people to be realistic then, then selling them the 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 rah rah and the the posters and the balloons coming from the ceiling and stuff it's like it's just not how it's going to work um, so i think that that realism comes from you got to take the hits and be prepared to get knocked down a few times <laughs> We chopped
0: up. did you did your businesses fail while you had the family like while you already had your family too like your kids and your wife and everything like did the businesses you lose did you have a family at that time as well
1: yeah a bit of both like i've had um I've had successful retail businesses and other retail businesses where I've just started and then closed the doors and gone, that idea did not work or, you know, it didn't pan out the way I thought it would. Um, Same in property development, like I've had developments where I've gone, we made money, yay, we broke even, we didn't break even, like, you know, just a mix of all those things. (laughs) and And you've kind of got to take, I mean, I'm fortunate in that I have quite a diverse kind of set of business stuff that i'm involved in so kind of a diversified approach to things which means you can afford to go you have a few winners and a few losers and some in the middle and you can kind of work your way through that and thankfully the winners have been better than the losers but um i do think your risk profile changes as you get older and you've got you know partner and kids and those kind of things you kind of got to be a little bit more conscious of you're playing with chips that aren't all yours anymore like When you're a single guy, like mountain climbing, you're a single guy, you push the envelope, you've got no worries with that. But when there are other people involved and they might be relying on you, it's like, well, you may have to temper your own personal ambitions for a few things because you have responsibilities. People are relying on you to come home or pay the bills or put money in the bank account, food on the table and that kind of stuff. So it changes as you go.
0: Yeah, I was just, I was curious because losing a business any, at any time is, it's easy for people to look back and that have never actually, because I've been a part of a super successful business and then losing one due to like mm-hmm. things out of our control. And it's a gut punch. It's, I mean, it doesn't matter how big or small or whatever that business is. That's, you feel like, you feel like there's something personal. Somebody attacked you.
1: Yeah, every negative piece of feedback is like a personal attack and like, you know, an epic failure and those kind of things. And that's because you care. That's the flip side is going, yes, it feels bad, but it feels bad because you give a shit. Um, and that's a good thing. So it doesn't make it any easier to, easier pill to swallow. But I, I look back and go, well, you, you were passionate about it and you cared about it. And in the businesses that have been successful for me, that passionate caring about it, I think has always been the driver anyway, because you're, if you have employees, they know that. Um, and that then inspires them. And then you have a greater chance of success. Um, and when it's a one man band, it's a, it's a little different, but I think it's important to reflect on the reasons why you felt the way you did. Um, Cause some of those reasons are really good. It just means that maybe it hurt because you're a nice human being. And that, that's a good thing. You know?
0: I'm glad you said that because that's, it's one thing that like, I think it gets overlooked a lot is that it's Mm. really because you cared. Like you rolled the dice, you took this chance, you hired these people, you did all this stuff and you really cared about the people you hired because obviously you care about this business and you care about everything else like growing and you want everybody to have jobs and support them. And then when it falls apart, you feel responsible for that because like this was your idea. And then you feel even worse because you cared so much. Like, so it's yeah. actually, it's what drives you being an entrepreneur in the first place yeah. or whatever yeah. it is, or whatever task you want to get through It's what drives that. And then yeah. the failure of it, it's, that's why it hurts so much is because that, and that's why it's important to recognize that. I always tell the kids if like, and I do myself, like mm-hmm. I even did, I went to the skate park yesterday and I took a pretty gnarly slam. And I made sure I got right back up, went over there and did it one, at least one more. Like I got to do it again yeah. because I'm not going to let the fear of that stay in my mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to sit on it. And yeah. let, that's my rule. Like you can't, I can't, as long as I can physically get up and go, hmm. I got to physically get up and go. And I tell the kids all the time, they fall. I go, you have to get up and at least roll down it. Yeah. Because you're not going to let this little thing be a fear for your whole life.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You realize that, and I think as a parent, you realize that. Like, you know, um, I watch my kids at the playground and stuff, and you're like, my kids are fearless. And you're like, Noah, our youngest, just has zero fear of anything. Everything must be done at you know Mac Five speed. And as a parent, you're like, don't go on that slide, you're gonna die. And you're like, he's just hurling himself down there, and you realize that they just they go out and they live it and they're fine, they're, they're you got to give them some room. You're like, as a kid, you would have done that, like, you know, on fire with like ninjas chasing you and had no concerns at all. But as a parent, you're like, oh my God, what are you doing? Um, So I think it's that thing if you just, you need to allow a little bit of risk and let them, let them have a few stacks and it's not too bad. And then get them up, dust them off. And, and that mentality serves them well to go, it doesn't always work out the way you want. That's okay. (laughs) Let's go back and do it again, you know, and maybe make some adjustments. So yeah. Parenting is an epic learning environment, isn't it? It is.
0: its There's so many, I figured it out that the reason I got like, cause I'm, I'm, I live life. I push limits a little bit. I'm not the craziest dude out there or whatever, but I like to live like a little bit. Oh, that's fun because I get a little adrenaline rush. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. But I'm in control of me at that situation. And I love my kids. Mm. And then to watch them, I'm not in control of their movements. And so I can sometimes see it ahead of time what's going to happen. Or I worry what could happen if they don't Mm. like if they're not on and like, but I want to go grab the bars for them because I know I'll make it, you know, but yeah. I don't, I'm not sure no, about them. That the right I'm not sure. And then they make it, I'm like, oh, the yeah. relief because I'm yeah. not in control. I'm not in control of that situation. You know, I'm not in control no. of them. They're on their own. I have to, I have to step back and go, I've got to have faith and confidence in your ability right now. And I have no control no. over it whatsoever.
1: <laughs> and you got to let him do no. it. You got to give him the room to go for it. It's terrible. Like, but. You're like, I know if I do all of it for you, I'm not helping you. I'm, I'm actually doing the opposite. I've got to let you go for it because that's the only way you're going to develop and grow. And I've got to stand back and let it happen because it's the right thing to do.
0: Well, that's a great lesson. I mean, I feel like I'm sure you're sort of, I don't know if you're in touch with all this stuff. Uh, hmm. I got a Twitter account to promote the podcast and all this stuff. And, it's the wild it's a dumpster fire when they say that it's that's the only way of describing it i mean i i'm like there's human beings in the world it, it seems so soft when it comes to the way people react about anything that anybody says or does or you can't do this you can't do that you can't uh my wife just read something that the, those little bouncy things that you hang on the door your kids can bounce up and down in they said yeah they, they said well, those are actually bad because they're on their toes and it teaches them to be on their toes the rest of their life. I'm like, can kids, she goes, can kids just not have fun anymore? Like, can they none, not just do the none. activities and have fun? <laughs> yeah. So it's, and yeah. And it, it's so important. And I watch other parents and even though it's tough for me on the inside, I force myself to, I let them do things on their own. You have to, like, you have to let them learn lessons on there that otherwise they won't know how to function in society. And they will be like these Twitter people that get on there and scream and yell at the, somebody call them a name or something, you know?
1: Oh, social media is a dumpster fire. It's funny. Like I'm on Twitter. Um, I've had a Twitter account for maybe a decade and I've posted one thing um, like nine years ago, I posted <laughs> something, but I'm actually on it a fair bit because I use it as it's almost like a window. Like I I, I follow a bunch of people for different reasons. And I follow a bunch of investors and just some thought leaders and a few people that I find really fascinating. I follow a few people that, as you described, are just like complete dumpster fires. Like they're just like, you people are mad, but I need to know what the mad people are thinking because it's sometimes really interesting. So you're like, some accounts I follow just to go, I just want to see what the, the the far out there thought patterns are in a few places and, and what are the conspiracy theorists coming up with this week? And some of it, I just, I, I'm on there because i are watching It's Fascinating. I find it really, really, <laughs> really interesting. Well,
0: I do. I do as well. I find it like I, I, I get a, a good, a fair amount of my news from it, from bouncing between, all sorts of different people, but I quickly realized that sometimes I'm telling a joke or I'm laughing behind the keyboard and these other people aren't laughing behind the keyboard. I'm like, that, that I don't know where sense of humor went, but, yeah. or you're also just reading a text and you're reading it however you want to read it yeah. at that time. Yeah. Like you're reading the context, however, in whatever tone. And I'm like, <laughs> I could get in some serious trouble being a really big troll on this yes. thing if, yes. I, <laughs> if I stay too engaged. I need to cut this off now because I'm going to get a little bit too silly yeah. <laughs> and make some people mad, And I'm going to feel bad like it wasn't my intention. It was just funny.
1: Yeah. What I found interesting, though, this year is I've purposely followed on different platforms people that I vehemently disagree with um, for, and not to comment, like I, I don't comment. Like I just I go there to get a completely different point of view because I'm not always right. Um, and I'm not saying they are, but it's, I think it's important to go, okay, I have a deeply held belief about this, that or the other. What does the other side say and have a listen? Uh, and I found, it doesn't often change my mind, but I think it's good to be challenged to go, well, have you looked at it from this point of view or have you read this about that or have you considered this? And you're like, sometimes it's like yeah, when you say that, I, I can't argue against that. Like, that's a really logical argument and I, I hadn't considered it at all. Um, so I found that to be really helpful, particularly this year, to go, what, what are the people who, who I disagree with saying and why they're saying it? And some of it I follow and you're like, dude, I followed you for a year and I still think you're an idiot and I still disagree with everything. <laughs> but others, you're like, okay, I don't, dis- I don't agree with, with a lot of your, you know, political or scientific or whatever it is. But it has been interesting to go, oh, okay, that's that's a different point of view. And you should consider that because that's how the real world works. So that's been a good experiment for me this year, just to kind of go. Argue with me, let me let me see what the other side of the coin looks like. Don't assume that I'm right.
0: It's such a valuable thing to have, to be Mm. able to talk with somebody you don't agree with. One one of my best friends thinks completely opposite politically than I do. Mm. But yet I would go to battle for this guy, right? Yeah. Like I would go to battle for him because he's my friend. He's a great guy. Like I know mm. where his intentions are and who he is and all yeah. that. And just because I disagree, does not it actually makes me better because I listen to his point of view yeah. and I can take in where he's coming from and, and his life and the way he grew up and all these other things that he's seeing in the world, like what he sees of it. And mm. it makes me question and test. It's like science. You've got to test it to make sure it's true, right? You gotta challenge yeah. it. I kind of, now kind of related to everything. Like, if you, if you're going to go into anything, you've got to sign up for a competition or go in front of people and, and test it. Test where you're at. Yeah. You have to test where you're yeah. at. Otherwise, you'll be stuck in the same spot.
1: Yeah, I think I think they call it like the straw man argument versus the steel man argument. Like the straw man argument is easy to pull apart. It's easy to knock it over. Whereas I've, I've seen this process. People say you want a steel man argument where you take your point of view or your argument, and then you try and decimate it. I like try and annihilate the thing before anyone even looks at it. And then once you've done that and you've stripped away the bits that were wrong or not right, or you've backed up your original thesis or whatever it is, you then present it because now it's a steel man versus a straw man, because you've allowed it to be attacked and and, and become robust rather than just throwing it out there and thinking you're right, because, It's you, of course, you're right. It's like, no, get the slings and arrows on it and let's see how well it stands up. Um, And I think that's missing. There seems to be a lot of cases of going, you're you're either this side or you're that side and there's no central ground. It's like either you're over here or you're over there and I must yell at you because you're not over here and that's just the way it is. And I think that's been really painful for a lot of people and for a lot of progress. It's stifled a lot because everyone's just stuck on one side of the fence yelling at the people on the other side of the fence when the fence probably doesn't really exist. Um, I think that's been really tricky. Well,
0: and... Over here, obviously, if you've followed any sort of politics or any of the things going on in, I mean, it doesn't affect us in Texas really much. I mean, really, if you walk outside your door, it's not like that. It's not Mm -hmm. like what you're seeing. So you have to take that with like a grain of salt as well. But politically and all the things that have gone on over here is wild because it's exactly like that. It's like you're either this side or that. You can't have an opinion over here. If you're for somebody, you're obviously the enemy. Like you're an evil person. You're like, wait a second. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I just... Happen to disagree with the other guy on a few things that are important to me or something you know back and forth and i don't know is it the same way over in australia with those sort of things Are people are people getting like as divided as it seems like over here in the united states
1: No, like australians have this kind of uh, you know from overseas people look at australians often as being very laid back and the politics i think is very similar it's like we have a generally a two-party system But from my personal perspective, they're just different shades of (laughs) grey. They're not like one's black and one's white. They're just like, you know what, you could change, we could change political parties entirely, probably wouldn't notice, probably not a lot would change. They're all just kind of, you know, mellow versions of each other, which I think is also bad sometimes. I think it's good that every now and then someone comes up and says, we're just going to throw the whole thing out and start again. So we do have a generally a similar kind of two-party system, maybe three-party system, but it's, it's from my point of view, there's there's a lot of grey and that's just about it. Versus from what we see now, of course, from my, my point of view, I'm seeing it from social media and news reporting, which, you know, you've got to take all that with a grain of salt. But it does look like you've got very much, there's us, and if it's not us, it must be them. And if you're one of those two, you can't be the other ones. You know, you can't meet in the middle. There'll be none of that. Um But then apparently all the cool people are moving to Texas or or Miami, one of the two. So it sounds like you're in the right part of the world anyway.
0: Yeah. Just hopefully they don't make it like you got to remember what made it Texas in the first place. It's the wild West, you know, I mean, people, (laughs) people have this idea of them having like, you know, us have all of us have guns on our hips and you know, (laughs) all the time, like, well, I mean, a lot of us do, you just don't see them, you know, but, yeah, uh, but it's not, it's, it's actually a super diverse area that has an attitude from its founding. That is, it's very much like, Hey, we're going to do things the way we want to do them. Like freedom's important to us here in Texas. And, and as long as you can do your thing, I'll do my thing. As long as you don't tell me what I can and can't do, then we're going to be fine. Right. All right. Let's go about our way. We'll be friends. I'll be friends with you. Uh, Matthew McConaughey actually, said it best in one of the podcasts Mm -hmm. i've heard him going around right now saying it like texas is kind of like austin in in this sense is that you can have a guy that's a rancher and a cowboy hat sitting here an attorney Mm -hmm. a hipster a punk rocker a hip-hop artist and they're all sitting at the same bar having the same drink having the same conversation with each other and they're all friends like it's it's a that's exactly what it is and and uh and so i i mean the reason I haven't moved out is I haven't really been fully committed to going. I haven't found someplace better. Utah's super nice. I like Mm. the mountains, but also, you know, that there's ups and downs to that. There's a lot of cold, a lot of snow, but yeah, Texas seems to be the spot. There's a lot of people flooding in because of laws and rules. And it's not Mm. so much that it's, it's the, it's a lot of it comes from, They make the rules and then they disobey the rules and do whatever they want and don't let the people below them do it. And that's what really ticks them off. You know, that, that's what sends them over the edge. And then they shoot away to someplace. Like, I just got to go someplace where they're they're It's going to be, you know, uniform.
1: Yeah. I think it's a really good point. I think it might've been Joe Rogan who said when he moved to Texas, like the governor of Texas said, if you're in Texas, you vote like a Texan. Like, uh, and I thought about that from moment, going, well, <laughs> that's the whole point though. you moved there because it's Texas, didn't you? You moved there because it is the way it is. So if you get all these people who moved there and then want to change it, well, you no longer, you didn't, you've lost what you moved there to get in the first place. So why did you do that? Yeah. Like, if you love it because of the way it is, don't move there and try and change it. Like, move there because it is and, and be part of that and be, be part of the culture and the environment and all that kind of stuff. But I just, you know, I thought that, like I see people going, oh, all these businesses are going to move to Texas and they're going to change it the way they want it. I'm like, well, yeah, but that'd be stupid because then it's not the place that they move to. It's something different. Um, so, it's a, yeah, it's a good kind of, it was a, a thought that I hadn't had going, that's true, maybe, you know, don't screw it up when you get this well, if you like it in the first place
0: in in times past so in america the way it works in times past like you see colorado go more like california because californians got tired of california stuff and they went to colorado you know and that and not just from there but places like that mm-hmm. and then they go there and they're like i'm gonna come here because it's better and then they change it slowly over time because you know that that's that's just the way the way they yeah. the people they voted in the way they believe the whole thing just moves over that's just na- human nature as to who yeah. you are but this is different just because they're so angry and they can visually they visually see it and they also feel why they're yeah. moving like they yeah. there's a clear-cut reason they didn't want to leave they didn't yeah. want to leave california they're leaving because somebody has done something so egregious to them that they're like, okay, yeah. we have to go somewhere. This place is better because they do it different. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's different that way. I don't, I mean, it's, that's one of those things out of my control. I can't, I can't control what, you know, people coming in and yeah. changing stuff or whatever. I have to just keep that's trucking along.
1: At people. That's why you're not on Twitter yelling at people because you look at go, <laughs> there's, but there's some stuff you can control. And like, you can control what you can. And then the other stuff, you're like, I can't do much about that shit. So I'm going to not get loaded up on emotional energy and that kind of stuff because I can't actually do anything about it. So I'm going to go out and spend time with the kids and focus on what I can do and, and work on my things. Um, and it is, you, you look on the social medias and you see people who must just put 90% of their day just into yelling at other people. You're like, you're making no difference at all. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, get out and and go enjoy life and do some stuff versus just screaming to people all day, you know, control what you can and don't worry about the other stuff.
0: You know, what's wild about that is that they can, people can go to your page and there's no Mm. way they can go to your page and look at your stuff every single day Mm. on social media and not eventually over time be like, yeah, I'm a little bit inspired today. Or like, I'm happy because I see like nothing of yours is like, there's no, it's not political. It's not this, it's not that it's like all just straight inspirational stuff. They can look, but for some reason, people seem to be drawn to this negative bias. I think I asked Justin Sue this, like, why mm. are people drawn to it? It's a, it's a big question. Like, why are they, why is it so easy to go? Like, I know this guy's going to make my day terrible <laughs> and yet I'm still going to go look at his page.
1: That's a really good question. It's like I get why people put out the content that they know will be controversial is not the right word because some people are putting out there just to tick people off. Like it's just, you know, the social media, the loudest voice gets the most attention, sadly. Um, So you put out stuff that is controversial because you get the coverage. Um, Why do people go there? Maybe they need the drama. Maybe they need the, the, the content to say, hey, look, I've got really nothing else going on that I feel, you know, important about or enthused about. So I need to go here so that I have a cause or something that I need to be passionate about, or I need an opinion and a point of view so that I can show other people that I have an opinion and a point of view versus, you know, a lot of us who go, I've got my point of view. And if you don't like it, that's okay. If you do, that's okay. If you don't even know who I am or don't give a stuff about my point of view, also. Okay. Um, I think some people just need that validation of going, I want other people to know that I've got something to say. You don't always have to have something to say. And you don't always have to yell at, at people if you do have something to say. Um, people are complex, man. Like, I just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And, like, I don't have stuff because for me, it's like, as you said, I've got friends who have very different you know, religious or political or scientific point of views to me, doesn't mean they're right or wrong or whatever. They've just got different views and that's fine. And I don't need to go around telling people what they should be thinking or not. It's just a case of going, here's some what I kind of think as generalist humanist kind of stuff. And you can get some value out of this regardless of your background or your belief system or your politics or whatever, because that's all going to change anyway. So let's just go with some stuff that we know is a value to as many people as humanly possible. And that's the kind of approach to say, this is interesting. Let's talk about this. That's interesting. Let's talk about that. That's a value. Let's talk about that. Versus trying to convince you to do something that you're just not going to do or change your belief system. that You're just not going to do that. Let people do their thing.
0: It's an interesting approach that you said that, I think you made that comment to me one time on social media, that it doesn't look like you just post just a post. Mm. And because, everything that i if i can't do something genuine it's i'm like it almost makes it like it would disgust me and if i'm sure i've done it a couple of times and that's why i have this feeling where i go man it just needs to be authentic me if i have the idea and it feels right just post it and if it doesn't work out then i can be okay with it but when like You listen to Gary Vee and he makes valid points and like just post, 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 you know, all day long, put something out, put content out, have something made and it works for your business. And I'm trying to build something. So I'm like, where do I, what do I do? And then I I took a step back and I go, I'm going to apply the fundamentals of what he said, but I still got to be me. You know, like I can look at that and go, if it's not genuine, just don't do it because that's not what I want to convey out in the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And two things. One, people will smell that a mile away. Like if they know it's just not genuine content, particularly when your content has been so genuine and real for so long, as soon as you start to change and you just post and stuff up, people see it a mile away. They know that. And it also resonates with who do you want following? Like who do you want to be involved? Who are your customers? Who who do you want them to be? So if you're going, I'm only going to post up when I've got something valuable to say, then the people who are going to follow you and interact with you value what you say because it is valuable versus and look Gary Vee says the same thing, you know, it's about depth, not breadth. It's like you can have a million followers, but if they're all people who don't give a crap, what's the point? Versus having a thousand who deeply care about your brand or your business or whatever it is that you're about, that is far more valuable. So I think, yeah, I get it, you know, you've got to be out there because the algorithms need you to be out there all the time. But in reality, there are plenty of people that I follow and going, you hardly ever post. But if you do, I stop and I read every word of it or I watch the whole thing, whatever it is. Because I know when you put it up, it's not BS. It's it's valuable stuff and you had a reason for putting it up. So it is, I, I, and I've had the same thing going through. Like, you know, I was posting my thing daily um, because I felt that I should do that. And then when I ran out of valuable things to say at a period of time, I was too busy. I'm like, I'm not just going to put up crap. And for a while there, I'm like, I should be putting stuff up. Like, you know, I'm going to be disappearing down the algorithm hole and no one's ever going to see my stuff again. But I'm like, so what? Like a week of putting up something that's really valuable for people and people will be, they've been looking out for it and that's fine. So that's that, that social thing of just being, being true to yourself and you will end up with those customers that you actually want versus people who end up just being a pain in your butt.
0: Yes. And, um, I mean, and the, the difficult part for me is, is going like, okay, I want all the business. And obviously I want all the business now. I just told, I told you that earlier. Like I, I want everything what now. I want, I want to, I can take care of everybody. I promise. Yeah. Uh, but then the trying to draw people in like, okay, I think I have something valuable mm-hmm. trying to get it understanding that it's a slow process, like everything else is tough when it involves money. Yeah. Like your investments and you've owned the businesses before. And so that's, I guess what I was going to ask you is your did your successful businesses gain ground immediately and never stop? Or did it, was it like a slow buildup or have you had a mixture of them or what have you found in that sort of area?
1: Yeah, I've had a mixture. Um, and I think it's kind of, and I talk about people saying, particularly social media again, it's really dangerous to look at someone's finished product and compare that to where you are because you don't realise the whole backstory of what it took to get that really nice photo. Um, and people say to me, oh, look, you know, you're in a good spot, man. Like you've got some different income streams. So, you know, like over 2020, some of our businesses took a hit, but had others that were okay so we could balance that out. And I like, go, oh, that's fine for you, man. But for me, looking back, like I had a decade in my life. So from pretty much kind of mid-20s to mid-30s, 10 years, I worked like an insane person, like just seven days. I had years where I did not take a single day off, like 365, and a short day was 12 hours. And it cost me friends. I didn't have a lot of social life. It cost me quite a lot on that side of the ledger. But I did it. And I don't regret it. I made the choices that I made. And those 10 years set me up for decades after. But it came at a cost. But you don't see that because I'm not posting up during those 10 years going, look at me doing the work and doing this and doing that. No, I just have my head down and my bum up and I work. Um, so it's dangerous for people to look at that and go, oh, well, you're in a good spot. Well, yeah, I am in a good spot. But I spent, I, I sacrificed a lot, spent a lot of time doing the grind to allow me to do those kind of things. So, you know, you, you've got to understand people's backstory and what they did before you look at their finished product and go, well, why don't I like that? Well, maybe there was some ups and downs that you didn't see behind that before you got there. So I've had businesses where it's been not a slow grind. Like it still grew really quickly, but you you had to kind of torch yourself to get the work done to get it where it was and, and put in the effort. Um, and I've had businesses have gone like that and then like that. So I've, I've kind of had a, a mixed bag of all that kind of stuff. Um, I think the, the key amongst all that has been managing your risk. And it's like mountain climbing, like you have to be prepared to manage risk um, and understand how much could go wrong here and, and what the, the risk or reward profile of these kind of things are. You know, If you're betting the house on this whole thing, And it goes wrong, what does that mean for you and for other people versus going, hey, I'm prepared to put this in and hope to get to here. And if that doesn't work, we're still okay and everything's all right. So you really need to kind of have an understanding of your tolerance for risk going into business and what you're going to do and how much you have available and what it means if it does work. What does it mean if it doesn't work and kind of how those things work? Um, and I've found that really interesting looking and learning from different industries about how people manage that in terms of, you know, the upside versus the downside and being aware of that.
0: It's wild. What you just said, something clicked in my brain because I talked to, you know, a lot of times successful people only they pour hundred percent of themselves into this one thing and there's nothing to fall back on. Like Travis Barker's book. Some people may like it, not like it. The drummer for blink 182. <laughs> I enjoyed looking at his story and the way it was written because he would get tattoos because he's like, Hey man, if I get tattoos, I can't get some other jobs. I've got to stick with this, you know, obviously like tattoos as well, but I'm, I'm looking at that mental thing. I'm going, dude, I mean, it seems like a lot of people are that are fully committed when you go in hundred percent, that's how you get successful at what you want to do. Whether you take your lumps and bruises and whatever, when you give it all like hundred percent, you're going to succeed. But I just something just clicked with your risk management thing. And, you know, you're talking about how much you worked and to set yourself up here is you can take a smaller risk and still give it 100 percent of your effort into that into that thing and give it everything you've got without risking losing things. And I think that needs to be explained for people later on in life, like you were talking about, like, you know, myself with, you know, I've got a family and it's growing crazy fast. It seems like right now we've got to buy a van because we can't take everybody in the one car. And, and then, you know, and you, you're, those people are relying on you, you know, that they're, they're relying on both people, like the parents and, you know, you've got all sorts of things you got to do. And then you've got this thing tugging at you that says, I want to do something. Like I want to start my own business or I want to venture out and do this job, but I've always dreamt about doing, but the pay's not the same or whatever the case may be in a certain time frame. I'm like, you can actually give something – you just said it. I don't know why it clicked the way you said it, but it's Mm. you can give something that's lower risk 100% of your effort and make that successful the same way as you can when you go all in.
1: Yeah, I kind of look at effort as leverage. It's like that's how you leverage the product of – your time um by putting that effort in i think the danger is like you see all the success stories of you know so and so did this and all of a sudden became a massive business and they made millions and all that kind of stuff but you forget for every one of those it's like a thousand grinders out there who were just putting in the hard yards and they didn't have an overnight success they just grounded out for years and then ended up in a place where they're really really happy um and, and that's like, and again, going back to Gary Vee, like he said, you know, he's got, he knows friends who are making millions and millions and millions and they're miserable. And he's got friends who are making, you know, whatever they're making, you know, 50, 60 grand a year. And they're stoked because their lives are awesome. So it's a case of going, you've really got to find that place of going, just because someone else is grinding it out and working 15 hours a day and, and you know, making the monies, that may not be you. Um, like I talk a lot about the fact that I'm a stay at home dad for a lot of my time these days, two young boys. And it's a very much unpaid gig. You don't get an award. There's no title. You don't get a business card, but I love it. I get a lot of value out of that. And you earn no money doing it. But for me, it's really, really important. And I look at those boys and their upbringing is like, that is my job. Like I have to get that right. So I put a lot of time and effort into it because that is the most important thing I'm doing at the moment and the business stuff I enjoy, but that is the thing that's really valuable to me. So I, I value myself based on that versus what my business car says or, you know, how much money is shoved in the bank this year or whatever it is. It's like, if, if the business thing is you, cool, but if the family thing is you, awesome. If you can earn less and be happier, then do it, you know. Just don't get stuck into going, I've got to be successful and success is a dollar sign or the car or, or whatever it is like, you know, I've, I think of two guys I went to school with who were very, very intelligent. They've both ended up in vastly different careers. And I wonder, I I believe that the guy who's making a lot less money is a lot happier than the guy who's making a lot of money. Um, And I look at it going, that's it. Like you got to find your point where you go, this is where I, where I find value in my life. Do that and get stuck into it. And, It gives a crap if it doesn't have a massive dollar sign, you don't have the house and the car. If you're able to pay bills and do your thing and live the way you want to live, do it. That's,
0: you're saying something. We we go on these walks uh, we take the dogs on a walk. We walk, like we walk, we started doing a lot more whenever the pandemic first hit and everything was crazy. We started taking a lot of walks outside and it gives us like our best talks, like me and my wife's best talks is when we go out and we walk like, Hiking, yeah. we love to hike and it's yeah. some, somewhat for the hike. The hiking's beautiful, but a yeah. lot of times we come up with our best ideas and thoughts and everything while we're hiking or walking. So we were walking the other day, just talking about life and, you know, where we're going and this, this and that. And I was talking about how it, we brought up something where I was like, you know, my life, it changed from things started to change for me when I stopped looking at what would bring the most money and going that route and looking yeah. for those opportunities versus looking for the opportunities of something that would make me happy, that would also bring in enough where I could survive. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I'm going to focus on finding the things that, that light a fire inside of me hmm. and looking for those opportunities versus looking for the opportunities just, just for dollar signs. Yeah, And things, things just automatically started like it, it didn't happen overnight, but my mindset changed and things started. Like, I feel like I'm on the right track. I feel like I've been built up momentum. Yeah. You know, it's like keeps building, you know, steam and that it'd be really hard to knock me off that just because it's like, Oh, my mindset, I figured it out. Like, Oh, look how happy I am. Like yeah. I'm happier. And these little things that are coming by and coming at me and little opportunities now are popping up and I'm going, Ooh, that looks fun. That looks yeah. fun. You know, and like you said, risk management and all that, but it's, It's more of looking at what would be fun versus what it pays.
1: Yeah, and your your whole mindset shifts. And all of a sudden, you're like, wow, all of a sudden, you're a better partner. And all of a sudden, you're a better parent. And all of a sudden, you find I'm just in a better headspace. And so all those facets of your life start to change versus I'm just the the name on my business card. Like all those aspects of your life start to get a lot better. And then opportunities do come up. And because you're in a better headspace, maybe you can take you know, you've built yourself some capacity and some room to take advantage of those things when they come up, but you've given yourself that opportunity to do that. Um, and that's crucial. It's, it's, good. That's leverage. Yeah. And there's so much
0: waste. Yeah. And there's so much waste I got out of my life. Whenever I started thinking about that too, it's kind of weird, like Mm. so many wasteful things that put me in better positions to look at opportunities, not just Mm. financially, but all over. And like you, when you say better partner, better father, better everything, it, it it improves everything. Not that you may not be bad, but you'll just see it go. You'll see it go up and build that positive momentum, and that's the you know that's hard to stop. Once you get it rolling, it's hard to stop it. Like you said, you you worked hmm. how many years? Like every day of the year, twelve hour days, and then you built up this momentum. So now that you've got these businesses, you're diverse. If something doesn't, you know, if something hmm. fails you've got so much positive momentum that it's going to carry you through that, that time frame. Yeah. And I mean, you earned it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: you My favorite
0: work. thing about what you say
1: is do the work. <laughs> it is, it's do the work. But sometimes it's unpaid work. Do the work isn't always about make the money. It's do the work. Uh, and sometimes the do the work is do the work on, on this, like do the work on how am I feeling? Where's my headspace? How am I emotionally am I supportive? Am I part of my family? All that kind of stuff. Am I physically in shape? All those kind of things. Like the, the work isn't about what's on your business card. Um, and I think that the trick is you get, and I've, I've fallen into this trap myself, like we allow society to value us based on our job because that tells us how much you earn and how much you earn tells me how valuable you are. Um, and for a time when I wasn't really, like, didn't have a set career, it was really weird for me. Cause people are like, what do you do? I'm like, I don't have a good answer. Um, whereas now I'm like, they ask me I'm like, I don't really care what you think, but I do a whole bunch of stuff. my mainly my stay at home dad. And you see people kind of, they can't evaluate where you fit in the hierarchy because so do, you, do you, like, you know, if, if I say I'm a doctor, they just can pinpoint you and put you somewhere. If you say you're a pharmacist, they pinpoint and put you somewhere. You say you're staying on dad, you're like, I don't know where you fit in. Like, how does, how does that work? I'm like, it works for me and I love it. So I don't really care. Um, so it's really, I think, that doing the work thing is about doing what needs to be done, regardless of whether other people think it's important or, or it has a value or whatever it is. It's about what do you need to do? I need to do I need to work on this you got work on it
0: yeah i mean that's well said well said i mean your stay-at-home dad thing I, we touched on that last on the podcast which was mm-hmm. it's 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 an interesting thing because it's outside of society's norms but mm-hmm. it's also like if anybody's ever had kids or, or like truly spent time with their kids then they understand like what it takes like that effort i've never ever uh, i have the utmost respect for all stay-at-home moms i'll have the utmost respect for all stay-at-home dads because it's a job that never ends you say 12 hours it, you get what maybe an hour or two break sometimes that's it it's all the time it's all, all the time you
1: other yeah, yeah I mean, if you're a single working parent a single working mom or a single working dad you are like a superhero to me. Like, I, I don't know how you do it. Like, seriously, like you see a lot of these stories of single moms and single dads who are working full time and taking care of the kids. I'm like, man, I just, you are like another level of human to me. I don't know how people do that. It's just incomprehensible how tough that must be. But they do it. So it's like, and yet society doesn't have a, a job title for that. And yet I'm like, these people are amazing. Like you got to have some respect for that. That's right.
0: Yeah. And then, I mean, and it's also, once you've gone through something like that, you understand like people will look at you and go like, I hadn't, I've had people, even my, one of my brothers like, tell me, I don't know how you fit all this in. And like, I mean, once you're in it, it's kind of like, I, I don't know if you ever saw, I don't know if they showed the commercials over there, how big baseball is over there, but they have King Griffey Jr. There's a Pepsi commercial where hmm. the pitcher throws the ball and he throws is, he throws in the high nineties, right? Mm. But it shows how slow it looks to King Griffey Jr. Yeah. He's having this whole conversation in his head and he's talking to the ball. He can see like the ball moving real slow. Mm. And then he it speeds up right as it gets to his bat. When he hits it, he hits a home run, right? Mm. It's just like when you see things going at 100 miles an hour, all of a sudden that 100
1: miles an hour doesn't
0: seem so fast.
1: Yeah, no. It's like that adage of if you want something, you know, faster, you figure out a busy person, you know, and I, I often joke going with my going, <laughs> When We didn't have kids like before we had kids. Do we spend 20 hours a day doing nothing because we must have had so much spare time? Because <laughs> now, man, we are busy, like, but you do, you just it's got to get done, like, so you just do it. So, yeah, it's that you know, give it to a busy person, man, or a parent. No, that stuff will get done. So, it's
0: story. so true. Like, what? So, even back in your younger life, like, you look back and look at the same way I do, where I go. Dude, how much time did I actually waste? I thought I was busy. I didn't had no clue what I could fit in a day.
1: <laughs> how busy was? No. But interesting though, like going yeah. back a point with the parenting, like I think and I hope that this year has allowed a lot of people to redefine their relationships at home, particularly with their kids. Like I've spoken to a couple of my mates who are dads, and they've gone, it's really changed because I've spent a lot of time at home with my kids all of a sudden, it's really changed their relationship with their kids and their understanding of if they had a stay-at-home partner of what that actually meant to that person, what they could do. Um, So I hope that this year gives people some opportunity to go, okay, okay, Aside from all the you know the, the horrors of lockdown and business and that kind of stuff, what did you get? Well, I was home with my family a lot more, and I had that time to kind of reevaluate those relationships and those times, and what that actually means, and what happens when I'm normally at work and not home. What goes on? So, you know, the hopefully there's some value in that, and and that carries over for some people moving forward. About okay, when life gets back to normal, I'm back to work again do I want to go back to the way I was or no, I want to change a few things because I learned a few things about me and my place and my family and my kids, my wife, my partner, and all that kind of stuff. Hopefully.
0: I hope it does too, man. I hope, I hope it changed the mindset of business owners and and people who employ people Mm. where they'll be a little bit more lenient and put less pressure on Mm. people. And then I hope it changes other people's perspective. I think, I mean, I would like to think it has, but then, it's like every tragic event, like when something happens, it happens in a short period of time, then they forget it, you know, and for some reason, and I don't know why this is it just growing up with grandparents that lived through the Great Depression here in the States, like that time frame where my grandma got an orange for Christmas, and she was stoked, you know, like, that's the sort of thing. He, and, and when you when you see that when you see her physically cut off mold of bacon and cook it and say, it's still good. <laughs> And just the mindset that they have, even though they were wealthy, they still had this thing. Like, I mean, we watched it all go away. Why would we ex- like take this for granted at, at any moment in time? It, it almost ingrained in me a certain sort of like respect for all these events that happened. like yeah. what over here, 9-11 and whatever the event that happened now, 2020, yeah. this is not something that I'm going to forget and and, and leave these lessons behind. I want to take these things with me. And, Hopefully, more people look at it and go, yeah, I want to take the lessons I learned, like the things that I like to do, the things that are most valuable to me and and pursue that avenue of my life and make that stronger versus going back to the way things were before.
1: Yeah. Look, that would be my greatest fear that after all of this, we all go back to business as usual. Like if everything goes back to normal, what a tragic waste. Like just... I, you know, sometimes a few things have to get broken for us to go. Okay, then we can we can do this a better way or a different way. But that that is my great fear that we get through all of this and we come on the other side and everyone's in a mad rush to go back to the way it was. Like you, aside from the difficulties, you've had an opportunity to see how things could be different. That would be valuable. Don't waste that opportunity and take some time to think about the stuff that you now value differently and the lessons you learn and what's important to you now versus before don't just rush back to getting back to normal man because the old normal kind of sucked like i think we can do better so yeah that, that's my fear that we just we don't learn on mass we just rush back to the way it was yeah well paul
0: do you have your book coming out i I've kept like we're well over now. This is probably the longest podcast I've ever done. I could probably keep I could keep talking to you like the whole time. Like
1: it's so fascinating. Like,
0: it. like I wish we uh, lived in the I same actually- area so that we could hang up and we have a beer and just visit yeah. about all these different things because it could just we could solve every problem yeah. probably
1: in the that world. Be, I think absolutely. we probably could. We, we, listen, <laughs> we could probably solve a It'd take a little while, but we could solve the whole thing. Um, <laughs> I've actually I, I've had I wrote my book and then it just sat on the Thing for ages. And then earlier this year, I was going to get it finished and put it out. But of course, you know, February, March, all of a sudden, every conference and everything was canceled. So every gig I had for four years got wiped out. So I'm like, I'm going to get this book done and my mum's going to get a copy. And that's about it. So, but now that the world's opening up again, oh. I've actually finally come back to it. It's written. It's edited. I'm getting it typeset. I'm hoping in like a couple of months it'll be done. And we, when I'm back out and I can actually, you know, rah rah and spruik it and do stuff, it will be out and about. I will send you a copy. Um, so yeah, I'm and look, as I said, I'm getting back now. I've got a little bit more time. My eldest is going starting school next year, so I've got a little bit more time to to get back into the writing and the posting and those kind of things because I'll have time to kind of absorb and actually have something that I feel is valuable to say so it's kind of good to come out the other side and, and get back into some of that stuff um yeah that's the plan
0: that's the plan what else do you have going on anything that you want to share with anybody like any sort of
1: oh no look like every event I had for this year was cancelled like I was meant to be in the Middle East in December running um UTMB Oman in Oman, doing that and that just got completely like every single event bar one got canceled this year. So I had one local event that still ran that ran a couple of weekends ago. Um, So that was awesome just to get out and actually go to an event that had people and stuff and it was real in a place. That was awesome. Um, So for me next year, look, I've got a bunch of just local runs and stuff kind of booked in. Um, I have been kind of trying to get my PhD off the ground. I've just submitted my application to and kind of um, you know, pre-thesis kind of thing. So, hey, look, I want to do this. Will you accept me as a student and, and get into that? Because, you know, more writing, why not? Um, but for me, it's just next year, i busy with the kids. Um, my wife's taken on a new role as a school principal, so she's flat out is going to need some support from me. So really the next 12 months for me is, you know, keep the training up, get out to as many events as I can, plan some, maybe some bigger things for down the track, get the book out, get some study done, get some writing done, um, and just kind of roll it a little bit and see what this year what this year throws up at me. I'm in a good position where if some opportunities come up we can go with it. And if not, I've got plenty of good stuff going on.
0: Man, just saying all that stuff, like you definitely did not waste anything in 2020 or any of that lockdown for sure. You kept <laughs> plenty busy outside of just having kids. You you got a lot accomplished, it sounds like. It's awesome, man. I, I dig it. Thanks for being on, Paul.
1: Oh, pleasure as always, man. Love it. We should catch up again.
0: Oh, for sure. Well, as we said, every six months, even though this was like nine months. Yeah. but
1: It's been that kind well. of year. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Thank you again to Paul for joining us. We really appreciate it. If you like what you hear, don't forget to... Share, like, rate, review on iTunes, and just share it on social media as much as possible. And Until the next episode, see ya!